The New Orleans Saints may have a new look offense back in the Big Easy, but there's a lot of it that looked awfully familiar. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You never miss a daily episode, so you can be an everydayer here on Locked on Saints. And as always, if you want to continue that conversation one-on-one with me, as well as gain access to our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and get early access to information like a lot of folks were able to do today, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnSaints. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media apps, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints, and of course, you can find me every single Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and every single Monday through Friday and more on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. A championship team is all about players being the perfect fit and the same goes with your vehicle. So head to eBay Motors today, look for that green check and find the parts that fit. Stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit at ebaymotors.com. Let's Ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, training camp day one is in the books. We are finally here. I have things to talk about because actual football happened, and we're super, super, super excited about it. Thank you all very much for being here, whether you're catching the show live or you're catching it later. I cannot wait to dive in. Today, we're going to get to our play of the day, which was all about a connection between Derek Carr and Michael Thomas. We're going to take a look at some of those sneaky defenders that ended up being sort of uh, standouts out on the field. But the first thing that I want to start with is the new look offense and how familiar it looks getting to uh, what the offense looks like here in New Orleans. And when I say that the offense looks familiar, what I mean is not that it looks familiar for 2022, not that it looks familiar to 2021. This New Orleans Saints offense genuinely looks like what they're trying to achieve is revitalizing offense in New Orleans as New Orleans Saints fans and the New Orleans, and the New Orleans Saints organization know it. Derek Carr able to get these players in and out of the huddle quickly. He spoke after practice with us and told us about how he had brought about seven or eight different players out to Las Vegas. They spent time working together, having dinner, spending time on the field, getting things kind of in rhythm. Uh, we do know that Chris Olave, at least, was a part of that. And Derek Carr, you could see the connection amongst the offense with the first team whether he's throwing to Michael Thomas, uh, Chris Olave, whether he's throwing to Alvin Kamara, whether he's throwing to Jawan Johnson or one of the 57 tight ends that the Saints have right now, there's so much that makes sense all of a sudden when it comes to the New Orleans Saints offense again. And that is such a good feeling to have going into the 2023 season if you're a New Orleans Saints fan. A big part of this New Orleans Saints offense getting better or being different than last year 
was kind of trying to recapture the success of years past before the most recent seasons. So you wanted a season of you so you want a season of New Orleans Saints offense that works efficiently, that spreads the ball around, that gets multiple players involved. Are you ready for this, everybody? They threw a screen in training camp practice today. Remember our breakdown of screens when Alvin Kamara caught like 27 of them things a couple of years ago and was targeted on like nine of them this past season in 2022? The Saints had a screen in practice during the first day of training camp. They spent an entire period of team drills working on play action drills and play action sort of sections of the New Orleans Saints offense and what that can look like. This New Orleans Saints offense is trying to recapture what it was that made it special and made it great years ago. And they truly believe they're going to be able to do that with Derek Carr. Now, this is a part of what it looks like when we're talking about it from the practice perspective. We talk about practice. It's just practice, right? So we have to see it all come out on the field. I completely understand that. And I'm going to do everything I can not to overhype stuff over the course of training camp. But I will say that it is refreshing to see this New Orleans Saints offense clicking and seeing the field the same way, quarterbacks, receivers, all of that stuff, everybody seeing the same things out on the field. And certainly there's some miscommunications here and there. We saw a couple of false, or we saw a false start with the third team offense with Jake Hayner under center that was not on Jake Hayner, that was on the offensive lineman that was lined up. But there was a whole bunch of, you know, these like little things that you expect that this team is going to need to work on beyond its first day. When we talk about some of the things that Uh, led to the defensive sneaky standouts, you're also going to understand that when it comes to training camp, anything that goes well for the defense means that it didn't go well for the offense. Anything that goes well for the offense means that it didn't go well for the defense, but that's okay. These guys do need to go back and forth. I asked Derek Carr after practice, now that you've gotten to see a pretty good bit of the New Orleans Saints offense, I know it's so early, but what does the defense do so well to make it so difficult on an opposing quarterback. And he talked a lot about their ability to fly all around the field, how attacking they are, the disguises, all of those things. That's a great thing to see over on that defensive side. But knowing that the offense, despite seeing all of that, was able to connect several times on a big catch and run by Michael Thomas, which we'll discuss a little bit later. There there was a crossing route that they ran. It was against the cover two look, I believe. Uh, Chris Olave crossing from the left side of the field to the right side of the field finding perfectly the pocket between the underneath defender and the closing safety and Derek Carr, perfect ball placement, perfect ball location for the pass. Boom. The catch was on the right sideline. It's a big game. So knowing all of the things that Derek Carr described that the New Orleans Saints defense does to make his job to be an obstacle to his job, to make his job complex, complicated, that they were still able to find all these different ways to connect. And then the screen between he and Alvin Kamara, which turned into a big catch and run as well. Alvin Kamara caught the pass, got upfield quickly, and was gone down the field. But then on the flip side of that, we saw Jameis Winston trying to connect with, it was either Eno Benjamin or Kendry Miller, sorry, 25-26, and I'm kinda, I was kind of watching the play from uh, at a weird angle. So it was one of those two, but the guys, you know, Peyton Turner was able to make a play there to break up and basically force Jameis Winston to just put that ball on the ground. And then it was incomplete. So we saw a screen run that worked. We saw a screen run by the second team that didn't work that the second team defense blew up. So you want to see the iron sharpens iron, the back and forth, the chess match between these two. But the good piece, the biggest takeaway, which is why I led the show off with this here today, is that 
the New Orleans Saints offense is looking awful reminiscent. Now we'll see if they can continue that. We'll see if they can continue to build upon that and we'll see how they can continue to evolve that. But you can see the communication. You can see the low to high reads. You can see the screens, the play action, all these things coming back into the New Orleans Saints offense that have kind of either fallen off a little bit or curved a little bit over the course of the past couple of years, or in the case of the screen pass, fallen off entirely. And so I think that each one of those pieces makes such a big deal or, or, or makes such a big move uh, forward, uh, uh, an important step forward for the New Orleans Saints offense as they move into their first day of training camp. Now it's their second day of training camp on Thursday. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at the sneaky standouts from the New Orleans Saints defensive side. A couple of names that we've discussed here on the show before, but one name in particular that I'm very excited to get to. So we'll get to that here in just a moment. Reminder for all of you that are here watching the show live, go ahead and drop your questions in, your biggest questions, so that when I do my show tomorrow morning, I have some questions to use for our Q&A section or to build the show off of entirely. So make sure you get your questions in uh, for that. But we got defensive sneaky standouts coming up for you next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Better Help Therapy Online. If you're somebody that's been thinking about therapy but haven't been able to find a way for it to fit within your lifestyle, BetterHelp will absolutely help you with that. First of all, it's far more affordable than traditional therapy, but you get to do it from the comfort of your own home or the comfort of your own workplace. You can stay in your sweatpants, whatever it is that makes you feel most comfortable, you're going to be able to do with BetterHelp at the uh, at the helm for you. So maybe you're you know faced with some of those tough choices in life and the path that you're trying to take forward isn't always super clear. Well, if that's the case and if that's something that you're struggling with and you want to give therapy a try, let therapy be your map with better help. You can visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp com slash locked on for that 10% off your first month. Go and check them out today. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Once again, big thank you to everybody here, whether you are catching the show live or catching the show later. If you're catching the show live, don't forget to get your questions in. I'll grab some of those and I'll answer them in tomorrow morning's episode because two-a-days are here. So now that we're wrapped up with looking at the offensive side of the football for the New Orleans Saints when it came to the uh, training camp, uh, day one. In tomorrow's episode, we'll dive a little bit deeper. We'll look at offensive line, uh, you know, lineups and all the other pieces in terms of how like the offense was actually shaped and 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 how they deployed their players and all those things and get into some position battles. But I'm going to be able to talk about a position battle here to open up our second segment as we look at the kind of sneaky defensive uh, standouts for today. So there were some guys that maybe weren't the biggest names going into training camp that made some really good plays all throughout day one of New Orleans Saints training camp. The one player that I do want to shout out first that wasn't necessarily like a sneaky guy, but I do want to mention was the very, very first play of the day. Very, very first play of team drills. Derek Carr targets Michael Thomas on a slant and Paulson Adebo gets in there, breaks the pass up and knocks the pass away. So the Paulson Adebo Alante Taylor cornerback battle Alante Taylor looked good, but didn't get a ton of opportunities, didn't get as many opportunities, but Paul Sidibo immediately getting his hand on a pass, knocking it away. So right now, advantage Paul Sidibo 1-0 against Alante Taylor, but we'll see what it looks like tomorrow 
where I assume Alante Taylor will get more of the first team reps when Paul Sanadibo got the first team reps today. So that was one of the big standouts that everybody knew about. But the thing that I want to highlight here is what about the guys that stood out regardless of their name recognition? I've got a couple of guys that I want to highlight for in particular. Isaac Yadam had a nice day. Uh, he ended up uh, giving chase to uh, Kirk Merritt on a pass out of the backfield, punched the ball out, and then wasn't able to recover the fumble, but did get into a situation to where he basically sealed what would have been you know, a safety with the punch out and things like that because it ended up rolling out of the end zone and everything. So that was really, really, uh, it was a great play by him. It was good tight coverage too. It was just one of those plays where like the timing was good. So you were able to complete on the pass, but him being able to chase down and knock the ball out, that's big. Um, the next thing that you're going to be looking at is another punch out this time by Andrew Dowell, the special teams ace, but backup linebacker, a guy that I put on my initial 53 man roster. He ended up on a reception to Jawan Johnson, punching the ball out from behind and recovering the fumble himself and getting what looked like could have been a pretty nice return out of it as well. So another highlight moment from the Saints defense, a big focus for them going into training camp right now is can they rack up the takeaways. That's a spot that they didn't necessarily find a lot of success in last season that they really wanted to bolster success with going into this year. Those types of plays are the ones that are going to end up leading to the confidence that leads to defensive takeaway production out on the field come uh, the regular season. So you're hoping to see a little bit more of that when you get to, um, you know, train as we're going as training camp is continuing to go on. Two other players that were big time standouts were on the defensive line. And I want to start off with one guy that I really was hoping to see would be able to turn a corner. We still have to wait to see if he can because last year he showed out in, he had flashy moments during training camp as well, but then hasn't been able to really stay on the field to show you that he can he can continue that. And that's Peyton Turner, uh, defensive end, 2021 first round draft pick, somebody that has been uh, not really living up to the expectation of a first round draft pick so far, not because he hasn't been productive when he's on the field, but mostly because he hasn't been able to be out on the field. There were three plays where he stood out for me, one of which was he uh, was able to penetrate really well and get a what would have been a tackle for a loss in the backfield. That was just one of those quick moves where he came in over the uh, over the defender or over the blocker and was able to get right up the middle and find his way to what would have been a tackle for a loss. Similarly, he had an inside swim move working against, I think it was James Hurst, so he had started lined up over Trevor Penning at left tackle, but then bent inside. So he was able to kind of come in against James Hurst, swam over on the inside, and then was able to get a pressure that looked like it could have been a sack. Uh, flushed Derek Carr out to the right side before Derek Carr was able to throw the pass. So really, really nice couple of plays from Peyton Turner. He had another one on a screenplay, and we know how sometimes screenplays work, right? The offensive line bails out a little bit. They start to work their way upfield so that they could be ready to block for the receiver or the running back that's catching the pass. And also they'll sometimes leave some of their defenders unblocked. They left Peyton Turner unblocked, but he closed so quickly on Jameis Winston that Jameis Winston didn't even get the opportunity to get the ball out of his hands outside of just throwing it in the dirt. So again, disruptive, really, really disruptive day for Peyton Turner. Can he do it again tomorrow? Can he do it again on Saturday? Can he do it again on Friday? That's what we're going to need to see from him. Not just the flashes, but can they be consistent? If all of a sudden he starts to string together consistency, which inherently comes with being available and out on the field, that could make a big difference for how the New Orleans Saints look at Peyton Turner moving into the future. The fourth player that I'll highlight that was a little bit of a sneaky standout was my guy, 
Jerron Cage, the undrafted free agent defensive tackle out of Ohio State. Yes, believe it or not, there's another Buckeye on the New Orleans Saints roster. Big number 77 had a couple of great plays in the run game today, including one in which he just completely demolished the interior of the, I believe it was third team New Orleans Saints offensive line. And I know what you're thinking. Well, that's a third team offensive line. That doesn't mean anything. But Jerron Cage is a third team defensive lineman as well. So if he wants to climb up to second team reps, first team reps, he's got to win them against the third team. He did it. He's off to a good start here today. And one of the ways that he was able to get his done was by uh, cutting in. And I I couldn't tell what move exactly he used, but he was able to get in and immediate penetration right up the middle of the field and what would have been a tackle for a loss. He had a really outstanding day, another couple of good plays in the run game as well. So good stuff that you want to continue to see from this New Orleans Saints defense who dropped from being a top five, top three run defense over the course of the previous few years to the 24th run defense last year. The types of plays like we saw from Peyton Turner and Jerron Cage and whether they're happening with guys like Nathan Shepard, who looked hyper-athletic today, uh, Tono Passigno looked really good today, uh, Brian Brzee jumped off a couple of times. So seeing the defensive line, not in pads yet, we can't take too much away from it, but it's off to a good start. What you want to see is, is the communication happening? Is anybody outside of position? Are players in position to make plays? Are they communicating with one another? And I think you can say that they were consistently in position to make plays and that the communication was going pretty well, especially between guys like Colin Saunders and Cam Jordan, who were talking to one another the entire time when they were out on the field. So those are all good steps forward. I know it's not in pads yet. I know it's not a game yet. Let's not get too hyped about it or anything like that. But there were some of those opportunities. I see a lot of questions about some of the rookies, Isaiah Foskey, Jordan Howden. These guys, they didn't really catch my eye today. Hopefully they get an opportunity to do that on Thursday. Remember when it comes to the defense, really hard to catch eyes on defense. You have to make big time plays before the pads come on. Once the pads come on, things will be a little bit more, um, will be a little bit easier to tell when it comes to the offensive line versus the defensive line. So if you're not hearing some of the names that you want to hear just yet, if they're on the defensive side of the ball, especially if they're on the defensive line, that could be why it's just the nature of what these practices are at this point. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at Jimmy Graham. But first, I want to give you the play of the day brought to you by the one, the only, Michael Thomas. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a couple more big names. Boy, there's just nothing but big names on this team. All of a sudden, big names, big stories, whole bunch of stuff going on. So I want to start off first with the play of the day, who without a doubt was brought to us by uh, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas connecting with um, Derek Carr was such a big thing that we wanted to see. I, I wrote a piece for SI or, or for uh, uh, Saints News Network this morning around the three players to watch going into the first day of training camp. I didn't put any defensive linemen there because again, just like we talked about with the nuances of non-padded practices versus padded practices and stuff like that. Uh, but <clears throat> still seeing that connection between Derek Carr and Michael Thomas at the skill positions, those are the things that you do want to see. And boy, did they find a way to connect. So there was an, uh, a pass early on that I had mentioned to where Derek Carr targeted Michael Thomas on a slant. Paulson Adebo broke that up. 
Next time around when it was the the first team, team drills again, same thing, uh, Michael Thomas, Derek Carr connecting on a slant, but this time the connection happened. But then after a moment, there was a a, a rep that they took to where um, uh, Derek Carr hit Michael Thomas as he was crossing the field towards the left sideline. And remember when Derek Carr was talking about Michael Thomas being the guy that can get those yards after catch? pretty easily because of his ability to catch a pass and immediately turn upfield and get north and south. That's exactly what Michael Thomas did. When I tell you that Michael Thomas caught and snapped, oh boy, did he catch and snap. It was a beautiful thing. And it's the type of thing that you love to see from like any wide receiver around the NFL. Just the quick transition from I got this to I got this. And that was the the, the sort of mentality that you saw from him. And so his ability to still be able to do that, because remember, he's coming off of injuries over the course of the past two years on both of his feet, dislocated toe on one side, then the long-term ankle injury on the other side, all those other things. So seeing him be able to catch a pass, stick his foot in the ground and immediately get up field and then pick up yards after catch and barrel down the field, you know, taking some guys with him and stuff like that, right? They can't actually tackle. So it's a lot of like, hey, stop, Mike, you know what I mean? But like there's, you know, but still his ability to be able to do that get upfield, stick his foot in the ground, trust his body, and be able to get up there and be able to pick up the extra yardage. What more can you ask for right now? You know what I mean? Like Michael Thomas might be somebody that, you know, goes out there and every now and then he's in a situation to where he, you know, gets, you know, one or two targets during training camp and he doesn't have to show it every day and stuff like that. Like he's that status of player, but the thing that I can consistently, or that I can say that Michael Thomas does consistently is that he doesn't take plays off. I said in yesterday's show that once Michael Thomas is out on the field, he's going to go 120%, 128%, 173%. He's going to do, oh, 283%. That's what I said, 283%. And that's exactly what he did today. And he continues to do that. So I don't want to get to a point here to where we're saying, okay, Michael Thomas is fixed. Everything's good. There's nothing to be worried about because we have to see what happens when they get out on when when the season happens, right? But Michael Thomas coming back, battling back through everything that he had to battle back through to get out on the field today, um, looked really good, and and I think that that is something worth saying. Oh, Jono's here. What's up, homie? Jono, what's going on? I said Jono because homeboy over at that podcast you did screwed me up. But Jono, what's going on, homie? Uh, but you know when you look at what Michael Thomas is able to do here, considering everything that he had to come back from, that's a big step forward for him. So I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, everything's perfect. Everything's good. They can take the rest of practice off. They know who the 53-man roster is, and they can just head off into the sunset and be ready for week one. They're not there yet. Every, all these guys have to continue to produce. They have to continue to prove what they can do, all of that. Uh, but <laughs> but there is that piece to where you went, okay, what is Michael Thomas going to look like day one? And the answer is good. He looked really good day one. All right, I want to take a look now at um <laughs> I want to take a look at now um Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham brought in as the, you know, this tight end to come in and rejoin the New Orleans Saints. It was such a cool story to be able to talk about yesterday. Media, we, we didn't get to talk to Jimmy Graham yet, but I'm hoping that we get to at some point this week to just kind of ask about like how all of it came together and everything. Uh but I, I will say this. When it came down to how did Jimmy Graham perform? He actually looked really comfortable. You know, you'll remember that last year the Saints brought back Kiko Alonso, and Kiko Alonso was there, and then he kind of looked a step behind all throughout that day of training camp. 
And then the very next day, he retired from the NFL because he was like, I, I, I ain't got this in me no more. Like, you know how if, if, if you watch The Last Dance or if you've been one of those, uh, or if you've been a Michael Jordan fan for a long time, Michael Jordan, when he announced his return the first time after the, what was that, 91, 92, the 94, 95 seasons, um, he wrote the press release because the guy who was trying to write the press release, every time that he would hand it over to Michael Jordan, he would say, no, this doesn't really capture, this doesn't really say what I wanted to say. And so the guy who was writing the press release said, you know what, just write it yourself, right? Just write it yourself. And, and so uh, Michael Jordan famously released a press release that simply said, I'm back. That's all that it said. So when you look at Jimmy Graham, he's in his I'm back face right now, right? Like he came back to the city of New Orleans and stuff like that. He's like, yes, we're here. He's got number 80 back. Shaq Davis moved off of 80 to 88 to make sure that Jimmy Graham could have that. So Jimmy Graham's in his I'm back face. Kiko Alonso very quickly got to, if I think about like what press, what press release Kiko Alonso would have sent out after one day of practice in the city of New Orleans in the middle of the summer, it probably would have been, it's hot, right? Uh <laughs> Jimmy Graham did not enter in its hot face and, and he should be back tomorrow. He will be back tomorrow because he looked good. He looked really good. And when I say that he looked good, I don't just mean that, you know, it was a situation to where he, you know, looked like he was moving fluidly, which he did. Uh, he looked comfortable in terms of his conditioning, which he did. But there was a moment where it was, it was routes on air. It was before the defense got involved or the, or the offense and defense ended up joining the same, same field. But there was a moment where he was, uh, running a crossing pattern over to the left sideline. And it was a pass that was like well outside of his frame. It was like high and away and high and outside and Hemi Graham. And so Jimmy Graham did turn to Hemi Graham in that moment and he leapt, stretched out, caught it. If you go and look at the Saints Twitter page or X page, whatever it's called now, um, he, you know, you could see uh, there a photo of him, you know, with the outstretched arms making that catch. And so it was cool to see him go up, make the leaping catch come down, run back to the huddle, drop the ball off, and then get ready to do something else. So he was moving at a nice pace, moving pretty fluidly, conditioning, looked comfortable, looked like he you know, didn't look lost in the system, all that other stuff. So really, really good to see um, from Jimmy Graham as well. So you got good stuff from Michael Thomas. You got good stuff from Derek Carr, Chris Olave, uh, Alvin Kamara, Jimmy Graham, Hemi Graham, all that. And you saw some nice things from some of the defensive players as well. Um, I see a couple of folks who want to see an update on A.T. Perry. He was out there. He was present. He should be coming off the NFI list because he was full participant. And that's a big note here that every single player was out there today. All 90 players from one to 90 were out on the field. The only one player doing side work off to the side was uh, Anthony Johnson, who uh, was out there though. And he ran some, you know, he did some, uh, some up downs and stuff like that with the defensive backs. And then he he kind of moved on. Um, and so, uh, you know, when watched off to the sideline, but Dennis Allen said yesterday that they were going to have 100% attendance. So they expected everybody to be there and participating. Everybody was there participating. Kendra Miller, um, uh, uh, Foster Moreau, uh, A.T. Perry, uh, Shaq Davis, everybody who was on the NFI and PUP list with the exception of Anthony Johnson, every single player participated. Trevor Penning, Andrus Pete, Cesar Ruiz, everybody. So that was really good news for New Orleans. So um, make sure you drop your questions in the chat so that I can use those for tomorrow morning's episode. We'll have that up there bright and early for you around 9 a.m. just as we're getting started over at the Saints facility. I appreciate y'all as always for coming through for another live episode or catching the episode later here on the Locked On Saints podcast. I cannot thank y'all enough. I'm so happy that two days are back. I'm so happy that training camp is back and I'm so happy that we're back. I appreciate y'all as always making Locked on Saints 
your everydayers. I appreciate you making us your first listen of the day every day. And of course, I thank you for making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you've got, if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.